This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, May 27th, wherever and however you're connected, Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with 2019 Golden Cosmo recipient, Jerem Jordan. Now, we, we have a couple of these here. Now, we both received these in the mail recently with no note as to what they are and why we got them. No context, and Cosmo. And it doesn't matter because look how cool this thing is. It's a Golden Cosmo. It's got our names on it. I was told this morning, because I posted on Instagram, like, hey, I got this. This is cool. Like, I don't know why. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's uh, you know... Cosmo doing the wise gold. This is awesome. So apparently we were awarded this at the advancement summit last year in August, <laughs> and no one told us. But we were doing, we a, live, them we were doing a live show at the we time. We never get a go because we're here doing the show, you know, so uh, missed that. So we, we get them in the mail. Now, <laughs> Matthew Richardson, who was the vice president over advancement, is going to be a mission president in Minneapolis. I'm guessing he, they were cleaning out the office, and they're like, wait. These guys don't have these. So here we, anyway, these are cool. Thank you very much, Matt and company. We really appreciate it. Good luck in Minneapolis. Uh, Yeah, these these are going to the office. And, uh, you know, my little kid was trying to, he was, he kept doing the go Cougars to it the whole time. You know, he's stoked. I was like, he's going to break it. I got to take this. (laughs) Sorry. If you do that, is it uh, vain worshiping of an idol? Yeah. Is there idol worship going on? <laughs> you know, is Michelle Peralta going to show up again and say something? You know, I don't know. The Golden Cosmo. Shout out to the Advancement Office. They make for some nice decor, to say the least. Yeah. So we'll, we'll keep them here today and uh, we'll probably take them back to the office tomorrow. We have an award-winning show lineup for this Wednesday, including former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson. Is he on the Zach Wilson hype train with the likes of John Beck? Who is the best to ever wear number 18 at BYU Plus? Plus, Jerem, there's always money in the banana stand. I told you this. Michael Bluth. No touching. An award winner for BYU track and field will join us. And Jimmer Fredette gets in on the social media trick shot game. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Pac-12, SEC, and Big 12 announced they will allow voluntary workouts in June, assuming athletes are fever and symptom-free. BYU specifically, as we mentioned yesterday, will open facilities for voluntary workouts starting Monday. This is a step in the right direction. I'm interested to see what happens after this, right? But we are trying to come out and do stuff as a society, and college football is taking a step in the right direction. All in favor of doing stuff, say aye. Please make it manifest. (laughs) BYU and ESPN have announced an extension beyond June 1st to determine kickoff times and network designations for the first three weeks of the season and weeknight games. This isn't a shocker. Well, the non-BYU-Utah, because that's a Fox game. Correct. Games in the first three weeks include a home opener at Michigan State, and a similar statement was also announced Tuesday on behalf of the FBS conferences as well as FBS Sports, uh, sorry, CBS Sports, Fox Sports, and their affiliated networks. It's fine. You don't have to announce this now. You can take your time to determine when you're going to play the game and when it's going to be shown on TV. Yeah, no one expects to know the times. We don't even know if we're playing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, all good. 
typically by this point, they're announcing some of those games. Guess what? We're all so desperate that no matter what time it's played, we'll all be watching. It's at 4 a.m. I'm there. I'm there. We'll be watching. Yeah, counting to kickoff live at 3 a.m. Let's go. Uh, the USTF CCCCA announces the 2020 Indoor Track and Field All-Americans. BYU has 11 athletes on the list, uh, including the likes of Whitney Orton in the uh, 3K, Elise Romney on the women's side. That's uh, Baylor's wife. Uh, well, Baylor is Elise. Elise's husband. That's how we phrase that, actually. Uh, and Talon Franco, who became the sixth Cougar to run a sub-four-minute mile. And our guy, Michael Bluth. Not George Michael Bluth, but Michael Bluth. And his distance medley relay team was on the list as well, among others. Bluth will join us later in the show. I've wanted Michael Bluth on the show forever. I'm so excited. Just to talk about Arrested Development. No question. And his track and field break. The 2020-2021 BYU men's tennis recruiting class ranked number 23 in the country according to Tennis Recruiting Network. Signees include Red Owen, a five-star recruit. He's a mission-first guy. Dominic Yakovlevich, a five-star recruit, ranked 30th in the country. Sorry, five-star recruit? Two of them. How about that? Red Owen and Yakovlevich. How about that? And Alex Lynn, a four-star recruit. He's got a career high of being 45th in the nation. Now, BYU's team was just 6-7 and seven last year, 4-0 and oh at home, before the season was canceled due to COVID-19. Perhaps this is a sign of good things to come. they got a new head coach as well. I am recalling our tease of what BYU team signed a five-star or two five-stars. So there they are. Yeah, they are. that's big-time recruiting. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. We've got good news. Professional sports are on the up and up to returning. The NHL having significant conversations about restarting their season. Of course, we've talked college sports with athletes at BYU specifically returning to their facilities on June 1st. The NBA is trying to get going by late July, according to multiple reports. Jeremy, with these recent developments, are you more optimistic that football specifically college football, 99 days from now for BYU, will start on time and that we have a full season. Yeah, I I think so. I'm becoming more optimistic. I still have this question, though, and no one's able to answer this quite yet. So what's the social protocol if someone has a positive test around you, right? It's that if you had potential exposure to this person within 10 feet that you need to be in quarantine. That person isolates for two weeks, uh, potentially goes to the hospital if they need it, right? But those around them are quarantined for 14 days. That's my question. So let's say BYU, Utah, everyone's playing football, right? All of a sudden in week three, uh, an assistant coach tests positive. Does the whole team, because they were potentially exposed in the same room in a meeting or something, need to then quarantine for two weeks and uh, then BYU forfeits those games? I don't know how that's going to work because if, if that's how it's going to work, it's not going to work, in my opinion. What, what we're going to have to do is relax the, so, the, the quarantine stuff. It, it's going to, it would have to be. I'm not saying I'm in favor of this. I'm just saying this is how it would have to work, I think. That person then, so positive test, you're isolated away there. If anyone has any symptoms, don't show up, right? That's the case now. But if, yeah, fever tests and whatever, okay, you can't show up. You can't play until you're symptom-free for X days or something. Right now, we're going to have to relax that, but there is risk involved. Is everyone willing to do it? What, what are the ramifications of that? That's the unanswered question at this point. So, yes, we all want it, but no one's answered the question I just brought up of, okay, what if someone tests positive? Does anyone around them have to then 
be at home in, in quarantine. And do the younger generation care? Are they like, oh, no, let's just keep playing. Well, in the Ozarks in Florida, they don't. <laughs> right? You just keep we've, playing? We've seen video. Care? Where they're just They're just there, right? Yeah, so I'm not on the ultra-conservative fence. I'm not on the ultra-aggressive end. I'm somewhere in the middle. Wait, isn't that in Missouri? No, the, geographically, yes. But the Ozarks are... <laughs> that particular pool was crazy. There was a video. <laughs> yeah, there's so much gray area Ozarks here. on Netflix. And I was thinking about this. There are some people... Think of a nice block of medium cheddar cheese, okay? And it's been in the fridge for like T- a week. Tillamook. Pull it out. And you see a little bit of mold on it. There are some people that are like, oh, let's chop off that little piece of mold and we're good to go. Then there are other people that are like, no, throw the whole block of cheese away. It's all contaminated. I Which kind is of, scientifically probably the case. I kind of feel like that that's the situation. Like some people are like, no, nah, just uh, cut out that little piece and the rest is going to be just fine. Like one, a few people are sick, whatever, let's just keep playing. But then there are going to be those that are like, uh, the, whole, the whole thing is ruined. Like, you need to get rid of the whole thing. We need to shut it down. Right. So That's the safest play. How do we get, or when do we get to the point where, because we're so desperate for sports and so desperate for college football and everything to start on time and finances and you know, the economy, that we accept the just uh, lop that little piece off and uh, we'll eat the rest of the cheese and it's going to be just fine. It's a good question because apparently you can develop symptoms and get a positive test days 2 through 14 after exposure. In fact, yeah, you could have a negative test on day 7 but a positive one on day 8 if you showed symptoms, right? So that that's where it is. Listen, we all want to play. We all, or we, we all want to see college football, but what is the risk and who is willing to take that? We don't have the answer to these questions. Are we going to relax the current physical standards associated with exposure to someone who has a positive case? That's the question that no one is answering. I don't think you can play unless you relax those. That's how I feel. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how the disease is treated and the virus is treated a couple of months from now based on desperation to just return to normal life. Because right now we're seeing signs of people just begging to get outside and do things normally. Clearly, it's all over social media right now. Yeah, it's, it's, you can go outside. It's just whether you're engaging with others in that way. You're all touching the football, you know, towels, Gatorade. It's tough, right? Excuse me, Powerhead. This is Powerhead School. Topic two. The Ringer recently wrote a piece called The NFL Search for the Next Taysom Hill is Fundamentally Flawed. Discussing the idea that teams can find a player like Taysom Hill and perhaps duplicate him. So, Spencer, <laughs> will Taysom Hill ever be duplicated? Have we developed the technology to duplicate Taysom Hill? <laughs> I think we should do that. Are we talking about cloning? <laughs> what, are the, what are the ethical ramifications? No, we're not. Taysom Hill is unique, and that is probably an undersell. Some people want to compare him to Tim Tebow, but he's faster and more athletic than Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow was bigger than Taysom Hill, but he, he was the Heisman Trophy winner at Florida. So they're kind of in the same ilk, but how many other guys are there like Tim Tebow and Taysom Hill out there that we've ever seen in college football utilized in all these different fashions? Taysom now, Hill's not Tim Tebow. Taysom Hill's good at football in the NFL. Amen. Amen. Like, like Tebow had this amazing run, but it didn't last. Taysom Hill is, I, I feel like he is just this, uh, the, he is the pearl of great football price. Okay. They're just not a lot out there. So nice. I, know your I, audience. I like that teams are 
thinking about, oh, maybe we could utilize him in a Taysom Hill role. But that player is not Taysom Hill. So what are you really expecting for him? I don't know that we will ever see a player again like Taysom Hill just because he is a unique specimen. There will be roles developed like Taysom Hill's role, but Roads I don't, bacon serve? I don't think that they will be executed as strategically well as Taysom Hill has been used with the New Orleans Saints. It's okay to be one in 10 million, and he is that guy. Like, one, it's hard to make the NFL, and within that NFL designation, is there another specific player like Taysom Hill? I don't know. We'll see the role. That role will show up on other teams. Roles. Mm-hmm. But nobody's going to do it like Taysom Hill just because he's, it's so out of the norm. No, there's not going to be another Taysom Hill. Here's why. He's 29. He's older. He went on a mission. He's married. They're expecting. He's super mature, right? He had four season-ending injuries. That has changed his mindset, the way he treats his body, the way he plays the game, his appreciation of the game, his survival tactics associated with staying healthy. He's unique in this way. No one's like him. He's super smart. He was going to go to Stanford, right? He ends up graduating from BYU. He knows the playbook really well, has a financial future as well if football doesn't work out. Um, that's awesome. Those are a few things that separate him athletically because there are other athletes like Taysom Hill. Let's not be naive. The NFL has a lot of Taysom Hill-type athletes, right? But it's what he can do in a variety of ways, applying that a lot, that athleticism that's interesting. That's the thing, his versatility. Like, does his versatility exist in all those If he was positions? a great, just straight-up receiver, he'd play receiver. But his versatility is so valued that he does that, right? The Ringer article mentions a few possibilities that are intriguing, certain players. So Jalen Hurts, second-rounder of the Eagles. I don't think Jalen Hurts is as willing, that's another attribute of Taysom Hill, to do a variety of things like that. Jalen Hurts going to block a punt, get in there on special teams? No. no there's, listen, I don't think Jalen Hurts should either. He was the national champ quarterback for Alabama. Like, why would you be blocking punts now? Right? Different than Taysom He's Hill. He's not as willing. Taysom Hill's willing. He's just happy to be there to a certain degree. Now he's driving, right? Roger Sherman highlights a guy we're familiar with, Khalil Tate, who signed with the Eagles as an undrafted free agent. Crazy athletic? What's the willingness? Can he actually do it? Lynn uh, Bowden Jr., third round of the Raiders. Of course the Raiders would take a guy like that in the third round. Running back, receiver, played a little quarterback, had a 99-yard touchdown, faking a punt in high school. Saints drafted a dude named Tommy Stevens from Penn State, two QB system there. So, no, none of these guys are going to do what Taysom Hill does at that level. They're going to come in in a playoff game, have a meaningful impact, blocking, rushing, tight end, receiver, quarterback, (laughs) 50-yard. No, they're not. And none of those guys are going to make $21 million in a two-year contract as a backup quarterback. Well, Jalen Hurts Slash utility man. Potentially. But not as a utility guy. Yeah, we'll see. Our question of the day, dealing with football. On a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are all of you that the football season with Taysom Hill, with BYU, starts on time and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. At Jed Alton 47 answers on Instagram. Five, there's still too much uncertainty over how it's all going to play out. No pun intended. Yeah, there's just some unanswered questions. It's good that we're venturing out. We're trying. We're going to see. Because guess what? There's going to be more positive tests as we venture out. There just will. But can we handle it? Can we figure it out? Can we come up with solutions? We're all just waiting until there's a vaccine. Once there's a vaccine, we're more willing to potentially get sick. And then get the medicine, and almost everyone will be okay in that case. There's still people who won't, right? That's where that's what we're waiting for, right? But we're not waiting. We're taking action. 
Coming up, a recent athlete was the best to wear, number 18. We'll tell you who. And former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson, current analyst on Zach Wilson's potential jump as an upperclassman quarterback. Plus, what does Bronco Mendenhall think about that red alert play? This is BYU Sports Nation. Why is it a blue alert? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest voiceover with Greg and Sheb, they chat with NFL analyst Charles Davis on how the league is handling the pandemic, his thoughts on former Cougars in the NFL. Watch it on the BYU TV Sports YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram account. We are live in Studio B delivering your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. You know what? Let's make it a party of three and bring in former BYU quarterback and current BYU football radio analyst Riley Nelson via Zoom on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Riley, nice to have you back on the show. How are you? Nice to be on the show. I was so excited when Ben reached out yesterday. Look, I got my game day gear on. So <laughs> that's the Washington game shirt. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not it's not quite the jersey with the number on it, but it's the current game day guard. <laughs> yeah, this was from the 150 150 game. This was my favorite polo from this last season. Unfortunately, you know, didn't come away with the win against Washington in this game. But boy, did those unis look nice. Riley, I can't think of a better way to celebrate 99 days away from BYU and Utah scheduled to open the college football season in 2020. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most confident, how confident are you that the season will start on time 99 days from now? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I can only go off information. I get information second, third hand, right, as it's reported to the media. I don't know that I have any access uh, direct access to the people who are actually making those decisions. I did happen uh, just a couple of weeks ago, had uh, kind of a run in uh, with, with Tom. And I can tell you that from the AD's perspective, of course, this makes a lot of sense with football being a revenue driver and how important it is to universities. I can tell you that all those, the uh, athletic departments and the presidents of the universities are definitely, they're planning and trying to make everything work that it, it does kick off on time and it tries to uh, be at least as close to normal as is safe. Um, so I'm going to be right there confident at, you know, an eight and a half, nine. It starts with voluntary workouts during the summer typically, right? And right now there would be some guys maybe on vacation a little bit, but you'd be doing voluntary workouts. BYU and other conferences have mentioned that in June they're going to open up. BYU specifically is Monday. How comfortable would you feel with that as a player right now, say you're Jaron Hall or whatever, on Monday going back in and trying to stay safe but also trying to get some work in? Yeah, I I mean, I don't know as much about the virus as I should, but uh, but if, I'm, if I were to cherry pick a few cases, let's take right here in Utah, both Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell tested positive. They had, they had the actual disease. And because they were, they're young, they're extremely healthy, you know, their lung capacity and those things. And, and we don't, again, small sample size, and I don't know much, but me as a player personally, having seen, okay, those guys, they had it, but really they were just, all reports were, it, it was really relatively mild. I wouldn't be necessarily too scared. Now, a lot of players are in situations where maybe their mother has an autoimmune disease or maybe... You know, they're, they're being the caretaker for a grandparent or something who's in a compromised situation. I think that would be more of a worry for me than, of course, than, you know, me or one of my teammates actually getting the disease because the data or some of the anecdotal experiences show that, you know, I would be, I, as a, an athlete in tip-top shape, 
uh, would be if I, in the off chance that I did get it, you know, it probably wouldn't affect me to the degree that it has others. Former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson with us on BYU Sports Nation. Football has clearly become a 365 days a year training schedule. If you want to be a top tier elite level athlete at Division One or uh, chasing those NFL dreams, Riley. So, how much do you think the pandemic will have affected the skill level individually, or just the overall execution level of football if and when it does start on time? Yeah, good question. I, I think for young guys. I, I believe that for underclassmen, it will be a lot harder. I think for your upperclassmen, your guys who have, you know, let's say, call it 10 starts under their belt, I don't know that it will affect them because there's they the majority of their um, improvement has already happened, and now they're just trying to get that 1% better every day. I think it is going to uh, hinder an underclassman's ability to integrate into the team to make that progression that they need to within an offense or a defensive scheme and to earn their right on the playing field. I think from a physical standpoint, really, we used to get four after finals. We used to get four weeks off anyway. Um, and guys would do their own stuff, but it was four weeks off of kind of voluntary team activity. So we're not really behind the eight ball too much as, as far as it relates to a physical condition standpoint. But the and, and I got to be honest, I, I'm a believer that I think most quarterbacks and wide receivers, which that connection might be the the most important one as it relates to the product on the field in the fall. I think most of them have found a way to get together under a safe environment and still work on that chemistry and creating, uh, you know, those, uh, those relationships that need to happen to be successful in the fall. So I, I think it might be a little bit sloppy, but I, I think it'll be barely noticeable. And we're going to be so happy to just have live sports and football back that we won't even care. Yeah, I, I'm excited for that because I can only watch so much Korean baseball in Bundesliga, let's be honest. Uh, let's talk yeah. about Zach Wilson. Obviously, first two years uh, of a career are different than the last two years. We expect, uh, as an upperclassman, for him to be better. How much better do you expect Zach Wilson to be? You know, I, I've thought a lot about Zach Wilson. I've had a lot of conversations uh, about Zach Wilson and his performance, and I continue to come back to the fact that the quarterback is it's it is so crazy because it's the one we focus in on the individual of all the team sports or at least in football which is the ultimate team sport because you share the field with 10 other guys and you're so interdependent upon the performance of those other guys but it's the one that we want to cherry pick and and make his his perform and, and single out his performance when the reality is his performance has way more to do with the performance of the other 10 guys around him than um, than any other position in team sports. So I think it, I expected him to take a, take a step forward. Now, what that means as far as production within the offense or passing yards or passing touchdowns or points per game, I don't know because will an outside threat emerge, right? Last year it was kind of receiver by committee and there wasn't anybody that really scared the defense pushing the ball down the field. And so defenses really didn't ever have to worry about that 20-plus yards back and and so it made the intermediate and short passing game the high efficiency passing game real tough because those windows got really tight and there wasn't anything stressed so will someone emerge there are we gonna uh, it was running back by committee with a ton of different injuries last year Is someone gonna emerge it's gonna be a significant run threat that's gonna cause defenses to pull a safety down in the box and allowing you to take advantage of a guy getting behind the defense and getting one-on-one coverage to push the ball down the field. I think, so coming back to the original question, which was what I expect from Zach Wilson, I think a step forward, both in his physical plane, his mental game. Look, 
the question with Zach has never been his dedication to the game or his dedication to the teammates. It's just been like, it's just been inconsistent performance from game to game. And then, you know, some, some instances in big spots where the ball hasn't necessarily bounced his way. So at some of those things you have control over, some of them you don't. But uh, I know he's been working his tail off. I know you guys know he's been working his tail off. You've got John Beck on. He's been down there with some of the best quarterback trainers um, in, in the country, really working on the nuances and the fine elements of his game. And then I also know he's been working with Coach Grimes and Roderick on what he needs to do to actually to master the system that they're running at BYU. So I expect great things from him. The question for me more lies on what does the unit, the offensive unit as a whole look like? Riley Nelson on BYU Sports Nation. Zach was coming off shoulder surgery as he went into his sophomore season, broke his thumb late last season. It kind of felt like they were just really rushing him to get back, and that, in my opinion, had a significant impact on what he was capable of doing. So, Riley, with a full, healthy offseason, doesn't it feel like a no-duh that Zach is going to take a significant step forward as a junior? Yeah, and so... I, I, yes, I wholeheartedly think that. And then another element why I think that is because he's got two dudes that stepped out on the field and balled out right behind him, breathing down his neck. Uh, to share that, uh, I, I don't know that I can think of a quarterback room in college. I know I wasn't ever a part of one, but even just one of being a fan, maybe the closest thing is like Ohio State a few years ago when they had uh, JT Barrett and Cardell Jones and, and Braxton Miller right? All guys who stepped in and, and won games in big spots. That might be the closest thing in recent football memory, but to look across and these aren't dudes that like have only gotten reps in garbage time. These are guys who came in and stepped up in big games and produced as fellow quarterbacks. And so, uh, and I don't think Zach's the kind of guy that's going to cower or that that's going to become a toxic situation, or I just think it's going to make that fire, that competitive fire of his to burn better, burn brighter. And I also don't think Jaron and and um, Baylor. Oh my goodness, Romney. Yeah, Baylor. Thank you. And Romney are going to lay down and just accept the fact, you know, accept their roles back uh, as being a two or three on the depth chart. I think they're coming for that number one spot. So, both for Zach Wilson that we've been talking about uh, over these last couple of questions and the quarterback position at a whole at BYU, I as as good as it was last year with maybe some inconsistencies, I expect the level of play to be noticeably higher uh, no matter who it is for the 2020 season. If we see Jaron or Baylor running on special teams in practice, we'll know they have the spirit of Riley Nelson in them just trying to get on the field, right? <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Red was, Alert. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it was tough for me because I was being re- – they're all about the same age. I was being re- replaced by a dude younger than me, so I was like, well, heck, I don't want to hold a clipboard for my last two years. Let me try and get on the field any way I can. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. Ended uh, up working out. Okay. Yeah, that was awesome. And uh, you jump in midway through. You know, you never know. Uh, let's go back yeah. to 2011, the last 10-win season for BYU. I can't believe it's been that long, but that's what it was. And that becomes a 10-win season on the play known as Red Alert. Uh, we love having former players on to kind of give us some insight into moments that maybe we didn't know much about. We think we know this play, but Riley – uh, walk us through this, and first, let's listen and watch the Red Alert play against Tulsa in 2011. Don't get caught out of position. 18 they seconds. Clock it. He'll fake the clock. Throw to the end zone. Touchdown! Cody Hoffman! Okay, start. We're going to show the third down leading, sorry, the, the play before uh, first and goal from the seven. 
Walk us through that play and all the way through the touchdown. Yeah, so right here, this was one of our bread and butter plays. It was called 56 Duo, where on the front side, we just run a stick route trying to get, and Marcus ran a great route. He's just trying to find the zone between the linebackers. As we knew that they were trying to do, you know, he's holding his hands up, but with his other hand, he's holding his foot, trying to make the clock run down. At this point, you notice I, I, I peeked over to the sideline, but I ignored what they were saying, which was clock it. And red alert <laughs> was something we practiced the whole year. Uh, right there, you see I glanced to the left. We practiced it all year uh, going to the wide side of the field. Ross Oppo was up there, and he just had more space to kind of throw a fade ball. That's where we wanted to look. My last glance before we snapped the ball, I, it said about 13, 14 seconds. So I knew I had to be quick. Anyway, when I looked to Ross, the guy was holding him. His DB actually lined up and was staring at Ross. He wasn't looking at any of the other fakes. So he played it as if it was a normal play. So I had to eliminate Ross really quickly, came back. And so I was going to come back to peek at Cody and either huck the ball out of bounds as quickly as I could. And luckily, Cody, when I came back, we kind of, you know, and Cody, it's well documented. We had a good uh, little connection. He got his eyes back. He saw me look, stopped, was able to throw a back corner as luckily Cody's DB, because he was so much closer to the ball, he got caught up in more of the fake of it all. So he got uh, really anxious trying to recover to cover the deep fade, which allowed Cody to stop, throw the ball back pretty easily, and, and the rest was history. And then the last thing I'll show, it doesn't show me running off the field, but Coach uh, Menahal, with he didn't want to do too big of a smile, as he never wanted to do when he knew the cameras were on it. But he gave me a little smirk, and he was like, and, and a little hug, and he kind of pulled me in and said in my ear, he goes, you're, you're lucky that worked. <laughs> and, and, and just, of course, there would be no real punishment or anything in it, but, like, it, you know, he and I had that relationship. I, I am lucky that it worked because the game was on the line, and I went against a direct order from the sideline, which was to block it, huddle up, and call another play. <laughs> so uh, a great moment uh, for, for me personally, for Cody, for that 2011 team to, uh, you know, get af after that, 2000, uh, that 2010, which was tough, going seven and six, and, trying to find our way to get back to the tradition that, you know, Max Hall had set all those years, winning 11 and 10 games to, to get back to that point. Uh, a great ball moment, great moment for program history. And I think they'll be back, if not this year, very soon in, into those 10 win categories against what I think all of us can agree are a lot more exciting and challenging of a schedule. Riley, all BYU fans are lucky that you had the guts to uh, make that play. Thanks for joining us, man. Great to catch up with you. Glad to be on. Have a good day, fellas. Riley Nelson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. And because this is BYU TV, he probably can't tell us what Robert and I said after that play. <laughs> Coming up, there's always money in the banana stand. The All-American you never knew and you loved. And the best to ever wear number 18 at BYU. I think we can dig something up. This is BYU Sports Nation. You're lucky that worked. Listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast if Google is your primary search engine and it is from us. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Have you tried an alternative search engine before? Like anything else? I don't think no, I have. I, just I, don't, use, I don't think I have. It's the Google. The alternative search engine. I talk about Bing often. Like did that, that didn't work, right? Like that's not a thing anymore? Or? Is it was, Bing my, still it was Microsoft's offering. Yahoo back in the day? Okay. Anyway, I don't want to direct. Well, I, I do because I did. I apologize. In the spirit of back? alternative search back? engines, okay. 
For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton, and it is time that we whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Sports. Pac-12, SEC, and Big 12 announced they will allow voluntary workouts in June, assuming athletes are fever and symptom-free. BYU's back to work on Monday. BYU and ESPN issued a joint statement regarding plans to announce kickoff times and network designations for home football games during the season's first three weeks and two weeknight games. Follow all that? The two sides specifically have agreed to an extension beyond June 1st for determining the kick time for the Cougars' September 12th home game against Michigan State and previously announced Friday night home games against Utah State and Houston. Those kick times will now be announced at a later date. A similar joint statement was announced Tuesday on behalf of the FBS conferences along with ESPN, CBS Sports, Fox Sports, and their affiliated networks. Basically, just wait for it. They'll announce it at a later time. Track and field. The USTF CCCCCCA announces its 2020 Indoor Track and Field All-Americans. BYU has 11 athletes on the list. We will talk with one of those, Michael Bluth, All-American in the Distance Medley Relay, or DMR, coming up in the next segment. Tennis. The 2020-2021 BYU Men's Tennis Recruiting Class ranked number 23 according to Tennis Recruiting Network. Signees include Red Owen, a five-star mission first guy. Dominic Yakovievich, a five-star recruit, ranked number 30 in the nation. And Alex Lynn, a four-star guy who has been as highly ranked as 45th in the nation. BYU, 4-0 at home before the season was canceled due to COVID-19. Good things ahead. All right, who was the best to wear it? Each day we're looking at the best athlete to represent each digit at Brigham Young University, counting up through 99, and today we hit number 18. Mary Lake, women's volleyball. She was awesome. Uh, Number one in digs in BYU history, 1,898. She had 94 aces. That's unique to the women's game versus the men's game, the libero serve, and she was good. 94 aces, 500 assists, played in 454 sets, she was a four-year starter. She tore ACL in high school, but BYU knew she was awesome. She came to BYU, and she delivered. She was amazing, man. Uh, three-time first-team All-WCC, and she was a three-time All-American second team in 2018. She's competing with the U.S. senior national team, okay? Yeah, she did last year. She was on the roster of the Volleyball Nations League. She was hoping to try and be in the mix for qualifying for the Olympics. Uh, she's in the mix. Typically, you carry only one libero, though. So she's going to have some s- stiff competition to try and make it. But uh, best of luck to Mary. She's on Karch Karai's radar for sure. And she also produced our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Mary Lake is the first Cougar ever to register 10 or more digs in 100 matches. Pretty sure she had a couple 30s, which is just silly. BYU men volleyball hasn't had a libero get 20 in a while. Like, it's been a long time. Granted, to get 20, typically you got to go four or five sets. BYU's been good and winning in three sets a lot. But Mary Lake is legit. And think about it. They swept a lot of people, too. To get 10 digs, three, three a set is really good. Three Mary Lake, really good. the GOAT at number 18. A couple honorable mentions verbally. Eric Drage. Yeah. Uh, he has the longest pass play or catch in BYU football history, 97 yards against Utah. What was that, uh, 92 or something? Two or three? 93. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, he had, I looked this up. He has the highest yards per catch, minimum 90 catches of anybody in BYU history, 18.9. Whoa. How about that? Uh, Lindsey Lizenby and Katie Larkin were excellent soccer players as well. Should be noted. Both went on to play professionally for a while. So 
Number 18, bringing it. How fun is it to watch those Eric Drage highlights uh, with Ryan Hancock as the quarterback yes. in 1992, taking on Penn State? Ryan Hancock Notre tweeted Dame. about a certain chicken establishment going in in, in Salt Lake County. That West very, Valley City. I am very excited about it. I hope Utah <laughs> County gets one. I'm not going to give them free pub. they got to pay for that. Okay, coming up, Jim Fredette's trick shots, dope or no? And track and field All-American Michael Bluth. Jeremy, I know you're going to ask a banana stand question. Yeah. This is BYU Sports Nation. He's got to know it's good. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This Friday, we celebrate the year that was in Cougar Sports with the Y Awards. This year on BYU Sports Nation, of course, the pandemic uh, shifting things a bit. That's Friday on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We have the tuxedos. It's going to be awesome. And wait until you see the tuxedo selection. They are unique. Our guy Chad, (laughs) DC Tuxedos, hooks us up, man. Welcome back to the show. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Let's bring in an All-American, a guy we've wanted on the show for a very long time, Michael Bluth, BYU Indoor Track and Field on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline via Zoom. Michael, what has taken so long for you to finally join the show? To what do we owe the the honor of having you on the show today. <laughs> I don't know. I'm glad and happy to be here. How are you guys? <laughs> we're, we're good. I've said I've wanted you on the show for a long time because we're Arrested Development fans. You're a good athlete. You have the name, right? So we've got to ask you, are you an Arrested Development fan? <laughs> so truth be told, I've actually only seen maybe 15 minutes. Oh! We, look, I'm going to personally connect you with some. I'll talk to compliance, make sure it's cool. To, to get you access to this, because it's awesome. But, okay, so do people, do people quote the show to you? Do they make references that you're like, I just don't get it? Uh, all the time. All the time. They'll ask me. <laughs> There's always money in the banana stand. You know, <laughs> just, like, other quotes or things. One time, there was a, I was on, like, a, running a track meet, and Flow Track was doing the broadcast, and the announcer of it was, like, Oh, Michael Bluth, there's always money in the Madison. And he goes on the whole lap I'm running. He's like, check this out. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is, this is wild. Oh, okay, would you rather just have a name that no one connects with in any way? Or do you like having this? Or maybe you hate it? Well, I think actually, because my name's not like Job or any of the weird ones, because Michael's the one, I think I'm actually like okay with it like yes. if i was any other name any other because i've heard he's like the normal one so I'm glad, like... it's it's will arnett and he's a magician and he's hilarious yeah i'm telling you gotta watch it dude it's awesome you gotta watch it. it's funny yeah. don't call him job with a g his name is michael bluth he's with us on byu sports nation uh seriously congratulations on being named an indoor uh distance medley relay all american when you receive an award like that what goes through your mind um, so I actually found out from my other teammate, Colton Yardley, he sent me the text, Hey, we're all Americans. I was like, wow, um, exciting, but like, we didn't get to run. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's a little bittersweet, I guess, because I felt like I, I earned it, but I didn't actually get to run to, to earn it in that sense. So we were there at the meet when like, all right, pack your bags, everyone's going home, meets canceled. And so we just went home. It was kind of a, uh, experience yeah anticlimactic for sure um yeah had you run the race did you feel like you were going to win a national championship 
I thought we had a good chance. We have a we have an incredible uh, miler, Taylor Franco, who he, he's he just ran sub four this year, and he's an incredible athlete. And all we needed to do was get him in a good position to um, be able to perform, which he can do. He's a, he's a baller, straight up clutch. And we who knows? It's a, I, I don't know if there was any clear. I, I I think we could have been up in the running. I don't know. To what extent, if anyone else is a favorite or not, but we, we definitely had a good shot at it. Walk us through that scene because uh, I believe it was Albuquerque. Is that where the NCAA championships were? What? Yeah. So you guys are there, and I think it gets shut down, what, the day before the championships begin, right? Can you recall kind of emotionally what that was like and what happened? So we, we flew down on Wednesday, and then Thursday morning we actually – went out and played, we, we packed some golf clubs up and we were golfing out, out in the morning of, of Thursday. And Isaac Wood, our director of ops is, he's just getting inundated with all of these messages of like, Oh, cause all a whole bunch of conference tournaments were going on that weekend and canceled, canceled, canceled. And then that night, Thursday night, um, or actually this is Wednesday night. It was when Rudy Gobert he the he had coronavirus. He tested positive for COVID nineteen, and then that that's when things just started going wild. We went to the store to get some food, and people are hiking out with with uh, toilet paper and just the, there's no, there's the whole grocery store is just getting scavenged, and and we're just like, oh my goodness. And then Thursday we were at the meet. We went to do like a warm up, like a, just a prep before the day of the meet, and they come on over the intercom like, all right, meet's canceled. Uh, Pack your bags, get going. And it was it was pretty pretty sad for a lot of individuals who were there, uh, seniors who were coming up to kind of like perform. And there were some individuals who, you know, you know who they are, Tyler Day from NAU and others, that it, it was pretty sad for them. You could tell that this was an opportunity to perform and we were right there and it, it didn't get to happen. So Unreal. They announced it officially over the loudspeaker? Yeah, well, so we we kind of we kind of received it through like Isaac from, I think he got it from our athletic director, um, either Tom or Liz, and he kind of told us, and then we went in just to like be there, and then they announced over like, hey, if you haven't heard, we're we're canceled, so sorry, <laughs> and I have I fortunately I have one more year to be able to perform, but for a lot of people, this is this, this was their last shot to something yeah that's that's really hard and we've chronicled uh at least for the outdoor season there's extra eligibility as a spring sport but the winter sport of indoor and let's talk about that you you've you were the mpsf champ in the 400 i think right you're on the dmr let's talk about your career and where you've thrived and where you think you're going all right what, what would you like to know i mean i've I'm, I'm a 400 meter runner i actually for the dmr i had to um, step up and go a pay grade higher, I guess. I ran the 800 meter leg for the DMR, um, which is way too much to ask for a 400 meter runner, in my opinion. I, I run two <laughs> laps. The so 200 meter track is once, twice. And then when I had to run the DMR, it was four laps and I lost count. It's not that many. But, <laughs> but I'm going, I'm like, one, two. All right, was that the second or the third? And like, when do I kick? And like, I'm just holding on for dear life. And then I have to like, Try and get the shape. Try to get the stick to, to tail him for the last part, and I'm just like, this is way too many, and and so I I eventually got it to him in, in a good spot, and he was able to win. But <laughs> but yeah, that's that's so far what I've been doing, and this next year I, I'll be sticking to the four, 
I'll help out on the eight if I need to, but we'll see what happens. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. It's not as easy as you think, right? We need Ed Eiston to coach uh, his athletes up on how many laps they're supposed to run. Well, man. he's a 400 guy <laughs> doing 800. I mean, come on. Michael Bluth with us on BYU Sports Nation. Um, what is your life like right now uh, with no outdoor season? And uh, what's your typical day like training? So, um, school, uh, school obviously was, was an interesting um, piece to go through because we're all online and I would actually go to the Tanner because there's better Wi-Fi connection and I'd be there and I'd go through some of my classes and finish up. But once school got out, like I was, uh, I was faced with that dilemma of not having anything until June because I have an internship in June. And so I, I, I offered up for two more classes during spring and then our coach sends out, um, workouts that we don't have to do. They're just completely um, voluntary. And, and we, I get together with some of the other guys and we just do workouts at the Provo High School uh, where that, that one's open because none of the other facilities are open. And we try and do some of these funnies because I, ha- I don't have any, I usually we do a lot of lifting and weights and I don't have access to some of those. And so we're doing some funny, weird like jumps and squats while we're out there and people are looking at us kind of weird, but <laughs> that's, that's how it goes as of right now. So Michael, it's great to talk with you, man. Uh, finally you, have you on the show. Tell your dad hi for me. Semi- he was one of my <laughs> seminary you. teachers in high school. He's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, cool. con- you bet. Congratulations again on the All-American Awards. Sanitize the batons, and we'll uh, see you soon. All right. Thank you. Michael Thanks. Bluth on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Listen, I like that guy. I've wanted him on forever. There's money in the banana sand. He's got to watch the he needs, show. He needs to watch the show. It's hard to keep track of the laps. That's that's funny. I love that. Coming up, the next new bad TV sports idea. Plus, a BYU alum made an appearance on the match between Tiger and Phil. It's featured in our Rise and Shoutouts. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Anybody hungry? Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. The show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the pod. Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. It's time that we play Dope or Nope. Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Number one, Jerem. Dope or Nope, this Jimmer Fredette trick shot. Now, he's up on his deck. He's going to throw a ball underneath. It's going to bounce. And it goes through to where it doesn't move the net. That's the part that impresses me. Okay. Like, there's the most subtle tickle of the twine there. Nice, anchor boy. Um, I'm going to go dope because of the net. Okay, I'm going to go dope because what you don't see there is Jimmer, the first attempt, uh, hit his dog. I think his name is George. Just straight up hit the dog. Just in the face. Bang. <laughs> Sorry, George. That's funny. So it's dope. Okay. Dope or nope. The basketball tournament or TBT is on for this summer? Uh, I, I'm i still leaning towards nope. If Jim and Fredette were playing in it and or BYU guys, then I'd be like, yeah, dope. More sports, BYU ties to watch. But right now, it's like that's not something I am interested in watching because we'll probably have NBA basketball at the same time. I think we will anyway. It's no. There's no BYU team. I don't care. Exactly. If, if there's a BYU team, then I'm invested only because there's nothing. 
it's relatively fun, right? Right. And it was fun when we watched uh, that BYU team make a run. There's going to be professional hockey and professional well, basketball. BYU-ish team. During this basketball tournament. So it's just... We sure hope. Yeah. yeah. Number three. Dope or nope? ESPN choosing to broadcast a celebrity Peloton race. That'd be a nope from me. Uh, I don't care. Uh, also, the associate, I don't think Peloton's going to be a sponsor here, so I think I'm okay in saying this. Um, no one really relates to those people. Oh, you don't live in a high-rise, <laughs> uh, super ritzy apartment complex in a big city, Jerem? In Springville? No, they don't exist. Oh, okay. Yeah, they don't exist there. Gordon Hayward, Bubba Watson, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Mike Golick Jr. all have been announced. Now, like, Bubba Watson's funny. Like, I'm interested in his personality, but it's not enough to make me want to watch a Peloton race. Like, give me the highlights. I'll just go to House of Highlights on Instagram, <laughs> and I'll be fine. You know the, what I mean? The funny moments will be tweeted out. Yes. I won't have to uh, watch the whole thing. The, the cool thing behind the match was that it was hanging out with those guys. So, yeah, that's a no. It's a no for me, dog. <laughs> you know, I just I can't, I can't get into it. Our question of the day, which I can get into, on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you that the football season starts on time and why? Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at quick underscore Rick, zero. ESPN will set a time. But we all know the game won't start until at least 15 minutes later. Oh, gosh. That's a good one. 8-15 kick. Delayed. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a roughly an 8-15 kick. 8-36. Yeah, get out of here. Today's rise and shout out. It combined effort. Okay. This goes to uh, my former colleague at the Missionary Training Center, Dave Barber, who was featured in a little vignette during the match between Tiger and Phil and Peyton and Tom Brady. They shouted him out. He's a medical doctor in Washington, D.C., and was one of the frontliners to first start fighting COVID-19. Mm. Uh, talking about, you know, I used to wear a mask like maybe three times a month. Now I wear a mask into every room I go to. Um, but Dave Barber, great golfer, great human being, and he's fighting COVID-19 on the front lines. Good, BYU alone. Good for Dave. That's awesome. Love it. Our thanks to today's guests, <laughs> Riley Nelson and Michael Bluth. I can't say it without smiling. It's <laughs> awesome. Sorry to Dustin Pitta. We ran out of time. Conversation continues. 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYU. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. A shout-out to Houston Reynolds. We'll see you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation. Go Kooks!